Uh, go fuck yourself, Ray. And we're back with the, uh, the, the, sorry, we're not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I feel bad. Three. Why? No, you should definitely keep that. No, no. Now we're keeping this whole thing. This whole thing. Okay. Yeah. We're back uh, with the uh, Daggertooth Awards week one. Um, we're jumping right back in, I guess. But uh, we're going to start with favorite soundtracks. Uh, same thing as favorite songs in descending order. What our favorite soundtracks are for this year. I'm not going to play any music uh, from these as uh, just just for the sake of time. And, you know, we, we did already play a fair bit of music at this point. So, um, Ray, what is your number three favorite soundtrack of this year? OK, so just in in terms of how I kind of slid in Persona 5 Royal because it released wide. I'm going to excise uh, that because if you look at the whole soundtrack. sucking son of a bitch. Hey, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love it. Um, no, I'm going to excise the Persona 5 Royal soundtrack because I don't want to lump it in with the full Persona 5 soundtrack. Instead, I'm going to make my number three sound my number three soundtrack is going to be the ff final fantasy six pixel remaster okay and again it's the same thing it's a total remastering of the entire soundtrack of final fantasy six one of the most timeless soundtracks of all time in my opinion as far as video games go it's right there with anything mario it's right thinking with anything zelda oh yeah timeless nubuo metsu at his best more modern instruments Mm. Couldn't do any better. You know, Absolutely. There, there was a time in this podcast where uh, Rich and I had mentioned the Final Fantasy VII remake soundtrack deserving a top spot, and boy, was that a fun argument. I remember those yeah. times. What yeah, a time a we had. Yes. No, the funny thing is FF7 remake did more to the soundtrack. The Pixel Remaster really just... It was an update. Well, that was kind of the argument at the time is like there are entirely new arrangements on. Yeah, absolutely. The FF7 remake and they're they're amazing. Oh, no. And I can tell you right now, next year, there's certain soundtracks I already know I'm probably going to be arguing for. One of which is the Crisis Core Rebirth. Or remaster, whatever, re reunion or afterbirth, whatever the fuck it's called. (laughs) Stillbirth. Okay, fine. Yes. Yeah, um, it's no, all good. No, it's it, it, Final Fantasy. No, it's not good. Fuck you. Final Fantasy has this uh, trend of just and again, it's Nobuo Metsu and his timeless composing and his sort of forward thinking in terms of like what video game music could be that when we mm-hmm. get remakes of these games and they're brought into more modern instrumentation and more modern electronic music and what we can see nowadays it's just it's almost like we're hearing what he heard in his head back in the 90s. And, mm. you know, to me, that's actually very valuable because I feel like he is probably like I've heard it said before. He's the Beethoven of video game music. You know, granted, he can hear, but still at pure talent wise, I would put it. Yeah. that's accurate to me. As soon as you turned talking about that one song in 6-4, I was immediately going to, uh, was it, the Final Fantasy VIII battle music that's in 15-8? Yes. I'm like, that's, yeah, just, just immediately in my head. I'm like, it's so good. Yeah. 
I think so. You just you don't hear many battle themes in fifteen eight. No, you do not. No, you do not. But um, yeah, I think I think that's a solid choice and solid reasoning for your number three pick there, right? So good choice. Um, I my number three choice was Pokemon Legends Arceus. Um, there's a lot of great music in that soundtrack, and I was going back and listening to it last night again just to solidify my choices and. I I was messaging Rich about it last night, and I was like, "Damn, this is a good, good soundtrack." I really enjoyed it. There, there's so many different themes in there too. Like there, there are a lot of like the main themes, and then there are reimagined versions of those themes for different purposes and different areas. So there is a lot of love and care crafted into that soundtrack, um, despite some of the visual and technical issues that that game had the the um the soundtrack is phenomenal in that game that's definitely one of the standouts so that was my number three pick of this year uh rich what was your number three pick for uh favorite soundtrack? number three um number three 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 sunday 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 <laughs> um it was uh it was stray for me uh I won't elaborate too much because we already talked about Stray with that one track earlier, but I really like those sort of moody atmospheric soundtracks and Stray's use of its setting is like one of the things that game does best of like that, you know, walled city. Um, And the soundtrack does a lot of the heavy lifting on that, like just makes or breaks the atmosphere of that game. Just that smooth, slow, like atmospheric jazz, that lo-fi sensibility, just fucking amazing. Mm. Mm. It is a good track, a uh, good soundtrack overall. I mean, I've heard pieces here and there, and I've played a little bit of the game. Has a great soundtrack, so solid choice, solid choice. Josh, what is your number three soundtrack of this year? I, I can see you debating whether to make the joke or not. No, no, but um, neon white. Um, mm. it's got just a ton of uh, sort of, sort of, you know, Gen Z nostalgia to it. With like, the soundtrack is not really exactly a genre of the time, but it's got so much of that early aughts like. Um, some of it's trance, some of it's dance music, some of it's like, but none of it's exactly that. It's all just kind of vaguely influenced by that, but still modern in its own way. Mm. Um, feel to it, um, to that soundtrack. And it works so well to just get into a groove and have it playing on a loop for forever, because this is a game built around speed running and restarting a level with you're going to be a, with a single key press to just immediately start it over for hours in order to play this one 15 second run perfectly um you're going to be hearing the same tracks a lot is the yeah, thing with neon yeah. light the soundtrack works so well for what the game is and that's yeah excellent that's excellent that a lot of games have good soundtracks that don't actually compliment the game in such a perfect way um should i just out that this is my number two and save us some time 
Sure. Uh, yeah, sure. yeah. I mean, I think that's a good. Uh, that's something we've done in the past. So yeah, yeah. go ahead. I, I figured, yeah, because it'd be weirder. I just attack on something uh, to circle back around. But yeah, that's my number two. Um, and er- everything Josh saying exactly it. It's like it's got elements of that lo-fi. It's got elements of like electronica and this high-speed dance music, heavier rock stuff. And but it it's just that like the music is fast-paced and it's catchy and it is designed to be something that you're not going to get annoyed by hearing over and over again, because you are repeating content again and again yeah. and again in neon white. And the music is one of those constants that's just looping and holding you. And it has to keep your energy up. Otherwise you're not going to keep playing this game at the speed. It wants you to play it at. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wasn't that's this fair. game made by the guy who made like donut County? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's so different. That's actually kind of to my point that he has such a uh both great games couldn't oh, be more different but that, that exactly <laughs> right? my point no he had such a grasp on frenetic game design to where the music had to fit that you're repeating this over and over thing yeah yeah that, yeah. that you know that that is just natural smarts that is someone who's clearly at this point in this day and age grown up loving video games and knows what makes them good yeah, he and, understands the game feel. And understanding how much something like music can add to that and yeah. how much it can benefit from it. Yeah, no, and music so much nowadays, like we have, all of us have either AirPods or, you know, earbuds or headphones on nowadays when playing games. Like the music is pretty central to the core experience. So, and you're going to hear that over and over again. So that, yeah. And it, Everything about Neon White is pretty much polished to like a razor's edge. You hone to a razor's edge, rather, mixing metaphors. Yeah. yeah. But um, no, that's great. Hmm. That's fair. Cool. Well, there we go. Knocking out two birds with one stone. Yeah. Ray, what's your number two pick? All right. So another game that's movement heavy. And okay, Rich, that's just weird. Whatever's happening there. Um, uh, another game that's moving heavy in a completely different style than Neon White, Vampire Survivors. There it is. Yeah, Vampire Survivors hits that tinny somewhere between Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis soundtrack, and every track is just absolutely amazing for the 30-minute loop you're setting yourself in for. I really never found one track i was just like this doesn't fit it's like nope it felt like someone did a yeah. dissertation in castlevania music and then set out to make their own music mm. mm-hmm. i like that no it's it's simplistic it's and and that's the thing i'm i'm all about like the old stuff i like the beeps and the boops i like you know something it sounds like it came off a sound chip i can appreciate it and it is just such a good example of doing that in the early access 2021 slash 1.0 2022 era. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I like that. That's a good pick. Solid. Uh, my number two pick uh, is no stranger to this episode actually is tunic. Uh, that soundtrack is, you know, Josh said a lot of it. Um, <laughs> I have a feeling it will pop up somewhere on Josh's list at some point. But, well, I'm sure he chose uh, it himself. This one he probably did, yes. Yes, but I think maybe. 
Uh, the music is so good. There's so much variability in the music from a calm, relaxing um, vibe setting you into the exploration of the game to a more dissonant, moody track when you're underground. Um, there's yeah. a track for every mood and every area in this game. And it really takes you places. The, the soundtrack is such a prominent feature of this game um, where it's not like it's not playing the same four tracks like like a Zelda game where there, there's some iconic music in Zelda. And the only reason why we're comparing it is because obviously there's a ton of inspiration from that game. But um, one of the things that I think makes this game really stand out for me and stands above like older style Zeldas standing on the the shoulder of like an older style Zelda is the soundtrack. The soundtrack I think just goes above and beyond in so many ways. Not that it needs to be compared to yeah. each other, but you hear that everyone soundtrack is Sh- so good in this game. Shay thinks that Legend of Zelda has a limited soundtrack. He is just bashing on the Legend of Zelda. No, I'm not bashing. I'm just saying that like I think that this you game piece goes- of shit. <laughs> that, that, no, I'm just trying I'm trying to inflame hate. That's a, yeah. I'm in hell. Don't don't try to explain it away like a civilized human being. No, we're going for internet hate here. Oh, okay. Well, fuck you, Ray. Um, there's your. Internet this will hate. be my last episode of the show. <laughs> Are you in hell? I'm in hell. <laughs> um, but yeah, Tunic is definitely one of those soundtracks that I'm gonna be bopping, listening to for years, for years. Yeah. So yeah, I will come back to it many times. Um, yeah. So that's my number two pick. Um, Rich, you said your number two pick was Neon White. You already explained that. Yes. So we'll move on that from that. Josh, what is your number two pick? My number two pick this year is Norco. Um, okay. Uh, that game is another sort of interesting. Um mishmash of of influences um it is set in not that anyone would know this offhand unless you are a local the real life city of norco texas or louisiana same place regardless is you know the 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 oil corrupted gulf coast uh Hmm. of the southeast um I guess technically in Louisiana in this case. I'm not sure if Norco, which side of the border Norco's on. I think it's Louisiana. It seemed more. Right. Um, it's it's bi- right outside. It, it I know Norco's right outside New Orleans because I used to live there. But I'm not sure. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's still in Louisiana. My, I'm. I'm weird this way. Like I'll know where cities are, but not exactly where the borders are and whatnot. Because that doesn't actually matter if you live here in the states. Um. Anyway. Um. Norco has a really atmospheric um, sort of uh, not chiptune, but very much that that lo-fi chiptune adjacent sort of feel to a lot of the tracks Mm. um, with then interspersed in there um, metal like local Louisianan metal tracks um 
and they're able to kind of swing from one to the other so effectively. Um, like they, they both, both styles have a fairly industrial bent to them. Um, that really, uh, emphasizes the feelings of that game of the, it, uh, Norco, the game is a, um, sort of, uh, future, you know, alternate, alternate future sci-fi sort of a, a game. Uh, it's, it's not, you know, a few years in the future sort of a setting so they can, you know, set, set a game in a, in a real place, but have it feel, you know, one step removed enough that you're not going to step on anybody's toes. Um, hmm. but very much has that same sort of Just, just people absolutely ground under the heel of of just a hyper capitalist society that's in Norco with these oil companies that just absolutely destroy the landscape around them, but they're the only jobs in the place. Um, sort of a feel to to the story being told there, um, which is then. In order to personalize that feeling, you're you're playing as a kid who got out, who's who's moved on, who has to come back to bury your mom, um, mm. with, with with the story they're telling there, and it is so good, and the music emphasizes so many of those themes, right, just expertly. Cool. Um, yeah, I think that sounds interesting. Soundtrack. I'm definitely gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go pop in that soundtrack at some point check it out that game is just that game is great too it really okay. is it really is that yeah i'll have to I'll have to check that out at some point then but it, add it to the list i think it's ever game, on game pass still it might I be i think it was at be. one point it definitely was i don't know i, I think can't check was. myself because i'll look my for computer you. just died and i don't have game pass installed currently so mm. okay yeah um, it's still on game pass still on great. game pass excellent excellent if Good. you've not played norco you, you you really should. It is. It's not a super long experience. Maybe five hours ish. Sounds about um, right. And just just cool. an excellent narrative adventure game experience. Okay, cool. I'll check it out. Uh, Ray, your number one pick of your favorite soundtrack. Number one pick it should be not much of a surprise given my number one song. It is the. I'm going to say the Japanese names because it's does it's not as confusing. <laughs> the Zero no Kaseki soundtrack or Legend of Heroes Trails from Zero soundtrack. Hmm. Again, Falcom sound team. He's got no Kosekis to give. No Kosekis. Here are all my Kosekis to give. All of them. They're, note there are none. Um, Powerful stuff. Behold my, my field work. Mine kind of Kaisekis are grown. I see that it is barren. <laughs> no, it, this team, and they just kept on getting better as they got more access to more technology. Like, this sound team, you know, Legend of Heroes started on the PSP, where Trails from Zero started, and they just keep on getting access to more and more, like technology and you know we played some of the super arranged stuff before but even the stuff in the game 
jrpgs are and the, especially these are massive undertakings like these are what rich like 60 hours minimum each game easy yeah so these games need to have a wide range of music from the super peaceful to the interlude stuff to the super dramatic to the boss battles and every single time they nail it you know these are just impressive games sound wise and i can't even think of a time where i was just like this song sucks like and that sounds like a low bar but it's really not because when you're playing because i think a lot of stuff sucks well (laughs) yes but also when you're playing a game like the minimum yeah within any 60 hours of music yeah like you're gonna find some clunkers usually and falcom never the falcom sound team has never dropped the ball like they're super talented and frankly i just always want to at this point evangelize these games because like these are just as worthy as praise as any Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest. Like they they have done so yeah. much to build like one of the most interconnected stories in video game history, let alone JRPG history. Like it is a continuous story over like 11 games spanning a decade and a half at this point. It's still going in it, games we don't have in this country yet. And and even games that they're still making in Japan that aren't out in Japan yet, they're still going. Like any chance yeah. I get to say like yeah, are the graphics great? No. But that's about it. The writing's great, the story's great, the voices are great, whether in Japanese or in English, and the music's amazing. And the battle- and I think the style makes up for the, are the graphics great? No. Like, I, I think they have a great sense of art design and style for what they're, they're doing here. Oh, yeah. No, when I look at Trails of Cold Steel and I see its sprite art, I love it. And I love how even they went with the fixed camera as opposed to Trails in the Sky where you could rotate it. It felt more cinematic. Mm-hmm. And actually, and they had a lot of music that fit their weird JRPG police procedural. Because that's what Trails from Zero is. Is, yeah. You know, frankly, as much as we've chased photorealism, it's strange that we've not had games just have the balls to lock the camera as much lately. Oh. Because you could absolutely make things completely photoreal. If, if, if you, you would just the, lock that camera down. Yeah, yeah. If, if it, yeah, like I understand that people want to look around and see everything at this point, but if if you really wanted to just focus on if being you're only going to make see the, the game things, look exactly yeah. the way you want, yes, you could and, probably do some amazing stuff. If you're these only going to see the things we want you to see, we can make sure those things look insane. Yeah, well, yeah. Also, I'm, I'm curious to see what that would look like these days if anybody would actually. You're going to get go some more artists like some auteurs doing that in the future but even to me in my opinion like you know you know me i normally play a lot of old games hell i reviewed spawn for the game boy advance on this site like i don't need the games look photorealistic like i think the pixel art of this game works really well and again it works with its detective story and the music kind of fits with that you get yeah. like the gumshoe music you get the dramatic music you get the lighthearted music they hit every note and they hit it well there you go. I like that. Solid. Solid reasoning, solid choice. Um, my number one pick is uh, Triangle Strategy for this year. I really enjoyed the music. I am a big sucker for that kind of high fantasy music sound. Uh, it's done a lot in power metal and um, 
Specifically Japanese folk. high fantasy, yeah. Well, it's done a lot of power metal, folk metal, and it's not done a lot in Japanese music as well. So. Shay, I just have to ask, did you get to play the Tactics Ogre remaster yet? Nope. I, I was gonna say I almost feel like it would be like almost like a direct like competitor to this spot. Had you I keep forgetting it. that already came out. Yeah, me I too. Would, There's been such a sure busy last couple months that mm. yeah, it it just completely just snuck by. That's gonna be best old game next year, probably. Yeah, yep. best old game yep. for many years, really. If you look at all the remakes. Yeah, fair enough. Hmm. Yep. I uh. Here's here here's what I'll say is I I this is very much a me pick. I really like that style of music. There are a lot of really high points and a lot of really good low points in the soundtrack that fit <laughs> that fit what's happening in the narrative. There yeah. it, it there is so much music in this game and it's all really good. There are 3 discs um over 4 hours of phenomenal music. I was listening to it last night as I was kind of finalizing my list and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I really very much enjoyed this soundtrack a lot. Um, brought me a ton of joy as I was playing the game. So I'm not going to get too profound with it. It's simple as that. I just really, really love the soundtrack and it spoke to me. So it's my choice. Cool. Yeah. Rich, your number one choice. So, uh, this one is, uh, a game I have not played a ton of yet, but I have listened back to a ton of its soundtrack because it's just that good. Uh, Mario Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Mm, wow. A, it's a Grant Kirkhope joint. That's what voice. I was going to say. So, yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. I was going to ask, was it, is it a Kirkhope joint? Yeah. So, yep, yeah, get it. It's a Grant Kirkhope joint. Um, I bought Speaking the original of wild, game. like Tunic so much, that sort yeah. of influence there is is yeah um I, I bought that original soundtrack on vinyl the second it was available i'm probably gonna do the same with this one there's something about kirko's style and still him being able to get that like collectathon platformer like bouncy vibe he has and translate it to a tactics rpg but still not lose that like touch of mario that it has and make these big bombastic boss encounters fun and just moment to moment have it feel good like it is signature him and it is just the man cannot miss he hasn't in his entire career he's the john williams of 3d collectathons yeah yeah and like he's still dealing with those characters but like his soundtrack doesn't feel out of place in a tactics game and that's kind of amazing to me yeah 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 i did not expect that choice but i think that's a phenomenal yeah choice. i've not gotten to that game yet but that makes sense i completely forgot he yeah made no, the soundtrack yeah. to that and that you makes absolute sense you invoke kirk hope i'm like fuck it you win fine <laughs> yeah, yes you're right <laughs> you're correct that is i haven't heard it yet but you're right it's the greatest thing i've heard <laughs> mm. well good pick good pick uh josh I think we know what your pick is, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was the one like all the songs came from because again, this is my favorite, just far and away, just just kind of from the scope of of what the game is doing atmospherically, and then also just, just the the depth of that as well. Like each each of the tracks in Tunic has so much going on, um, which. It is not to say they're busy, like they're still 
very very focused they're they they're very nostalgic feeling um and that they 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 get across what the game is i think better than just about anything well i say that i i think i think all three of my choices really get across what the game is excellent excellently um they 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 fit narratively tonally just uh gameplay feel wise as to what you're supposed to be experiencing um but tunic uh, has has done all that and then on top of that is also something i just constantly want to listen to um which there are a lot of games that i like the soundtrack while i'm playing the game um like there's 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 sort of a, a few tiers of of game soundtracks as far as I'm concerned. There's they're the ones that you instantly turn off because, dear lord, why am I inflicting this on myself? <laughs> that that happens occasionally. You you turn the soundtrack off. You you listen to whatever else. Ignore it. It's fine. Whatever. If the game is worth playing still without the soundtrack, there there's something there. There's something to it if it's worth turning the soundtrack off. Um, and then there are games that are worth playing with the soundtrack on because they add to the experience. They, they add to the feel. They're, they're integral to your time with this game. Um, mm. And then I think on top of that, there are games that are that... But then also something you want to have be a part of your life outside of the game. Um, yeah. And Tunic has been that this year for me. This, is, this has been the soundtrack of the year that I have turned on when I'm doing other stuff. When I've got work to do, I, just, I want to go back to this world just sonically. Um, Felt the same world about the when they yeah, felt the same way about the Spice World soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Wait, the Spice um, Wor- Spice World for the PS One. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Tun- Tunic has been the soundtrack this year that has just spoken to me on a on a level where I I wanted to be a part of my life outside of the game. I heard that. Hmm. Oh, words like I heard that. Guys, big surprise. Josh likes parts of Tunic. I'm sure the fans of the show are (laughs) fucking shocked. Stunned. Uh, I'm stunned. I am floored by that choice. mm -hmm. Same, honestly. I'm shocked. Shocked. Well, not that shocked, really. Samesies. Shocked enough, thank you. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Okay, well, there we go. There, there we have our favorite soundtracks in the tank. All right, so next we're going to do favorite old game. Um, this is a game that we played this year that did not come out this year. And I get the fortunate... Uh, I am fortunate enough, I should say, to do the starting off of this category, which I'm very excited about. I slated it that way. Initially, I was like, damn, I got to do this category first? Then I realized this was actually one of the hardest categories for me for this week. Because um, I played two, I played a lot of old games this year, trying mm. to clear out some of my backlog. And there were two that very much stood out to me this year. 
very, very hard to choose. Um, and I, my runner-up for this category was CrossCode. That game I knew I was going to love when I played it back in 2018. Um, such a good game. It is, oh my god, it's one of the best indie games out there, period. Like, if you are a fan of RPGs, MMOs, uh, action, action RPGs, I, I guess you could classify it as that, you definitely need to play this game. It has such a good story. We did an oh, yeah. amazing Chomping After Dark on it. Uh, Josh and I had a ton of fun talking about this game. Definitely check it out. Um, it really pained me not to be able to give it the award this year, but there's a game that I know you guys know fucking took over my life at around Christmas time last year. So Garfield much so. Cart. What's that? Garfield cart. So much <laughs> so that. I was going to use Ray Play. So much so that. I was I started the game on on some downtime and I was like I I don't think I'm really gonna get into this game, and for five days straight I hate admitting this, um, I would wake up, eat breakfast, brush my teeth, and then just sit down for all day minus going to the bathroom and eating yep. for five days straight and just play this game. <laughs> I could not stop playing uh... this fucking game. I was so addicted to this game. Uh, Breath of the Wild. Um, yep. I did not expect to like this game as much as it did. I played it years ago um, back at a friend's house. I tried it out and I was like, oh, it's pretty cool. You know, the weapon durability is kind of annoying. I don't, I don't really get the appeal of this game. Man and did not expect to like most critically acclaimed game of all time. <laughs> Damn, was I, was I fucking addicted. When, when I started searching for the shrines, solving the puzzles, unearthing all the secrets of this magical world, like so many of you already know, it sunk its hooks into me, and um, yeah, I was I was in love with this game. Something it, worth noting: is, hmm. in the first year of the Switch being out, Breath of the Wild had roughly a one-to-one attach rate. Right. Yeah. Which yeah. is which next is insane. To unheard of. Exactly. It's 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 insane. That's like the attach rate of Duck Hunt. Yeah. 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 It was. Um, obviously many of you know it is a phenomenal game. I could sit here and gush over about it for hours and hours. Most of you have already played it, beat beaten it, and know the magic that is this game. For me, it was exploring all the cool little things that I could find, like the, the island where it's completely pitch black and you gotta light torches, or uh, going through the mazes that you find in the world. So there's so many hidden things. And to me, this is, granted, um, I haven't played every open world game, but this is this has obviously been the standard for the past five years of what Shay, open world I, games are and should be, and for good reason. I have to ask, mm-hmm. Shay, um, no. the one shrine, I remember one shrine when I played Breath of the Wild, where if you played the game in handheld mode, it was like almost like a pinball puzzle. If you simply turned the switch upside down, the ball, like the puzzle solved itself Hmm. was that did you experience that yeah so it's it's uh it's based off of like the old labyrinth game and they were the little tabletop um boxes where basically you had little knobs that you would move it in a 3d plane of existence to try and move the marble through um this little winding path without it falling down into holes and it was basically 
about patience and precision. And yes, that there's a shrine in there. That's what you're talking about. And I did do that in handheld mode. And no, uh, I did the same thing. I was just like, it was, I, I was tried great. to, I tried doing it the right way. And eventually I was just like, fuck this. And I just turned <laughs> it over. I was like, oh, that was so easy. Thanks. Did you? I, I did. I did do it the right way. I tried doing it the right way. And I was like, nope, don't care enough. Give me the Korok seed or whatever. <laughs> the pocket, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Whatever gives you. Yeah. Oh, no, I did it the right way. Point, yeah. Cause, uh, it was very, very uh, nostalgic for me to do that because actually a family friend back in the day, uh, still a family friend now, had one of those little tabletop labyrinths and I would go to his house and play with that thing and I loved it as a kid. So, but you know what, those, very nostalgic. those things can be actually kind of infuriating. So the fact that by accident or by design, Nintendo was just like, oh, if you just turn it over, it sells itself. It's like, oh, that's kind of nice of you. That probably was like <laughs> a, like a fail safe out because at the end of the day, I think this game was kind of touted as a game f- that everybody could play. It was one of the one of the launch games for the Switch, and so they got to make it to where if there's like a harder puzzle like that, there's got to be an out in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, Breath of the Wild, uh, and it's not to say that CrossCode isn't up there as being one of my favorite gaming experiences of the past ten years. It's just that Breath of the Wild. Obviously, you know, gold standard for yep. what open world games should be. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see you finally, well, I mean, not that you have the time for it, but at some <laughs> point get to the hard mode on that game because that's, oh, God, I, I love wait. the hard it's mode. It's an experience in itself. Yeah, I, I, I think it really makes a lot of those mechanics shine. In, like, I, I, I was one of the apologists for the weapon durability to begin with just because I am not a hoarder. I like it too. I like it too. I'm with you. But also it makes a lot more sense in hard mode where it kind of enforces itself mm. instead of being you know a thing. Right. Like it's it, you run out of weapons on hard mode where in, you know, the other mo- normal mode you just kind of sit around there. I just like chucking hoarding swords at the people. best weapons. You're just mm. beating motherfuckers with sticks. Yep. It's the best. Yep. Yes. Great stuff. Great game. Mm-hmm. Um, Rich, what is your favorite old game of this year? Um, <coughs> oh, excuse me. This will probably surprise not a ton of people, but uh, there were a few contenders for me on this. But what I found uh, more so in the first half of the year, but uh, the, the old game that I kept going back to was shocking reveal deep rock galactic i knew you were gonna fucking say that oh yeah didn't yeah. you win it last year too did we have this last year probably yes, probably yeah good. we played a ton still, of deep rock it's galactic still fucking last good and they keep adding more content they do they do uh yeah that whole like corporate espionage content pack josh and i played a ton of that i played a bunch of that with other friends that game still hits it is like the ultimate chill out have a beer let's do some mining yeah um that whole like corporate espionage angle they did for the season this year where the new game modes were about like a um an automated mining corporation coming in to try and steal uh your job so the new game mode was industrial sabotage where you had to go in and sabotage the automatic mining equipment yeah uh deep rock galactic is so fucking good it's, it's so good fun it's dumb it's endlessly entertaining they added a bunch of new they added a new weapon for every class this year uh so there was just fun new stuff to 
mess around with. One of my favorites being the driller got a new uh, weapon called the corrosive sludge pump, which is exactly what it sounds like. It is just Relatable. a big pump that shoots out acid that eats the rock. The corrosive That's sludge coincidentally pump. Coincidentally, the name on my penis. I was going to say, what page is that in the Kama Sutra? Uh, I think like 89 or something like that. It's it's a deep cut. Mm-hmm. I've done the corrosive sludge pump. Ladies. Uh, Josh, what is your favorite old game for 2022? Uh, my favorite old game is... This is... Depending on how you want to define this, kind of cheating, but not really. Uh, Final Fantasy XIV. Very old, but also there's there was new content this year with, with an expansion coming out last December, which is part of this year's purview. But you played a bunch of the old content. This I played year, a so I think bunch of the old content because I've played this forever ago, but did not have the password to my old account, and hence started a new account on this game this year and have gone through and done every single quest from the first two expansions. And I'm about to finish the third expansion. Um, all quests as far as that's concerned. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, this, this has been, this has been the game I go to whenever I need to, decompress yeah 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 just kind of completely shut out the real world um josh as as someone who's mostly caught up on ff14 like i've mm -hmm. think through the first patch of endwalker i've caught up to yeah how did you do an entire new account i would have lost my goddamn mind if i had to redo all of that well because my first account was only through uh heaven's word oh okay okay so 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 i oh. so i had two expansions that i was gonna have to redo no matter what so stormblood was new for you stormblood was new uh, yeah i should have not played in a okay. long long time it had i been all the way through no that that, um, that shadowbringers i would have been I, I I would have gone to Japan and choked whatever <laughs> executive hostage at Sony that I needed to in order to get that account back. Yoshi um, Pay, go to Square Enix, go find yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, just straight to the top, straight to the top. Yeah, um, no, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I put so much time into that game on one character that I could not imagine having to do a second from scratch. Yes. Well, you know, well no, exactly. Um, like this year, I think I put about 1600 hours set almost 1700 hours into that game just this year. Um, that, that, that this has been the game that I go back to. Um, no, and granted final fantasy 14 is, you know, don't think I'm ever contradicting anything josh is saying here in terms of praising it it's probably the best mmo ever made and take yeah. this as someone who just recently resubscribed to wow like a heroin addict um it's the best mmo ever made it's better than world of warcraft but i need to see these new dragon people yeah 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 I exactly hmm. it's, it's it's hard to hard to pull yourself out of wow that that's I mean, they, they've made it easier and easier with the last couple expansions, but... And, and just yeah. by doing crimes. Yeah, that too. The, the crimes help. 
Cool. All right, well, Ray, round out this category for us. What is your favorite old game? So um, I was someone who was very excited for the perfectly legitimate reasons of the prospects of the Steam Deck. So I was one of the early adopters of the Steam Deck. So as someone who is totally excited about the totally legitimate legal reasons to have a Steam Deck, <laughs> I love Persona 3 Portable of the PSP. Okay. Totally. And I, you played yeah. it on the PSP legally. Specifically the female protagonist route, which is something I never got to do on my initial PSP. One of the few Persona things I had done before, Ray. Yeah. Yeah, no, and um, now that I have this totally legitimate way of playing this game, um, it is a an amazing version of an already amazing game. The music yeah. is almost totally changed for the better, frankly. Like, the female protagonist music is much better than the original Persona 3 music. And the original Persona 3 music is good. Oh, pretty much every song is a yeah. straight up banger. But you know what? The especially the battle. This is a huge thing. We talk about like JRPGs. Battle music has to be good. And something I always had a hard time with, especially in the time of like the Xbox 360 era, was when they started adding na like lyrics to battle music. It's like, am I going to get sick of this? Yeah. Whereas that battle music, like I'm not a princess, is absolutely amazing every time and like i'm not sick of this song also you know just the fact that they added those uh quality of life touches that persona 4 that came out before persona 3 portable like directly controlling party members and stuff you know i originally played yeah. the male protagonist route on the vita or whatever it was probably yeah it was definitely on the vita but mm. yeah you know, getting to play the female protagonist route with also the thing is there are mods to be had. I haven't experienced any of them yet, but I know you can download like HD texture packs. Hmm. For if you're playing it on something like a Steam Deck to make it look even better. Which is something that I might do in the future just to kind of try it. But no, this is like kind of a timeless game and so timeless. In fact, it's coming out in a month and a half. On modern consoles. Yeah, yeah, no, that that really is cool. That, that especially with the a lot of those changes you were talking about, like directly controlling the rest of your party, because uh, that Persona Three did a lot of the quality of life stuff that we're just kind of used to in the series at this point. Um, however, this was still very much in the the, the original version of it was. AI controlled party members and the game was rough until you got to the point where you could just Coast. stagger everything yeah. yourself without relying on any of them to do anything. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And that would make the game so much more approachable early on by having that not just be a problem. In fact, it, it, trivializes the early game in some aspect because they do not rebalance it. No, they, they do not. Yeah. They do not rebalance well, but, it. Which is you say trivialized, but also there was an awful lot of grinding early game that was yes. just a pain yeah, in the Yeah, no, I, I'm sure. fine with it. And I think if anything, 
maybe the first couple of hours of battling should be trivial while you're learning the systems. Exactly, because those games are not... They're, they're a little opaque. Nothing. They're a little compared opaque. Compared to a lot of RPGs. But also, I would also say, like, Persona 3 Portable provides the best examples to why Persona 3 is actually the most deserving of a full-on remake. Because you look at something like Persona 3, like, between... There's three versions of the game. There's the original, FES for the PS2, and then Persona 3 Portable. Yes. We're getting the Persona 3 Portable version <clears throat> released wide. So we're still losing the FES content. Yeah, that, that still is frustrating me. I, I can't believe they're releasing it at this point without some sort of definitive edition. Like, this is the portable version with the FES content Well, because that would, be, that would be a lot of work, but then also at that point, like, and the thing is, we also have character models, like, of Persona 3 characters through that yeah. dancing game in the Persona 5 engine. Yeah. So almost at a certain point, it's like, oh, it would be great if Atlas put in the work like, great it'd be years of work but it'd be worth like a at this point 70 dollar release like give us yeah yeah considering considering what we're gonna be playing for this re-release at this point i would frankly i, I i'm ready for a definitive edition version of this game at this point well because it's, al it's also gonna be yeah, weird same. playing a console version where you're using like these the cursor controls on the portable because for those who played the original but maybe didn't play portable you don't actually get to control the main character through like the non dungeon scenes. It's almost like a computer mouse cursor sort of You're situation. You're just looking at a map of like the town and the school and clicking on the things you want to interact with. And the only, yeah, the only thing that they've fully modeled out is when you're in Tartarus, the dungeon. And even then, it's pretty low poly compared to the PS2 versions. Yeah. And you know what, though? Once you get used to like the sort of cursor thing, it's kind of weirdly time efficient. It's incredibly efficient. Like, yeah. no, and I'm looking for. And the funny thing is, having replayed this very recently, is again, it's my favorite old game of the year. I'm gonna buy this day one, like officially, because I want to support Atlas in this effort to introduce Persona to this wider audience. Yeah, right. You know, it's worth playing, and that's you know, I feel like it's worth bringing up. Like. I'm sure any people who play around with emulation have it in many ways on their own, but for those who don't or want to support it in the legitimate way, a reminder, it's coming out next month. Again. Again. Yeah. Cool. For, for the fourth time. Yeah, yeah, this is th that game really is a strange case as far as, frankly, I'm not a huge fan of the re-releasing the game instead of having DLC model that Atlas has been doing with these games. But this They're truly this celebrating has been long their history. enough that it feels like it makes sense they're to re-release at this point. They're celebrating their history and also they're addressing yeah. the fact that these games were so restricted in access beforehand. Yeah, yeah, because it re well rest <laughs> restrict well i guess i guess no, the portable version yeah the vita never really caught on in the west yeah um, that yeah but even yeah. think about uh even persona 4 golden which is coming out the same day it originally came out only on the vita in 2012 for 10 years that was the only way to get that game yeah yeah and thank thankfully that's on pc now finally but yes this, yes. this, this is a similar sort of thing where again i'm not a huge fan of that system of Oh, this is 
it's DLC. This is DLC that you're paying a second time full price for, which I don't like, but also it's been long enough at this point that there are a lot of people who never played the first game who it makes sense to in release the, it that way at this point. In the case of Atlas, I more feel like it's uh they're finally feeling like they have a foothold in the West where they didn't originally. Yeah. Yeah. It, t- it really, it took them a while to, uh, to really support these games. Like look at even like with another Sega property, Yakuza, the remasters. Do you mean like a dragon? Yes. <laughs> no, but the remasters are three, four, five. Like, yep. you know, five didn't even get a release. You know, I have the physical edition of the remasters. They gave me a PS3 case to hold no disc of Yakuza 5. Yeah, they did. Cool. Well, there we go. Favorite old game in yeah. the books. Um, We have just two more categories to get to really quickly, and then we will do the group deliberations. Um, most accessible game of 2022. This is a category we introduced last year. Uh, the premise of it is is a game that is accessible for everyone. And that doesn't mean just like children to adults. It means more along the lines of, is this game playable by people with certain disabilities, whether it's visual disability, audio disability, uh, physical disability. You know, there are people who are, um, have motor, motor function issues that are still able to play some games. What game do we feel like stands out this year as being accessible? So um, we, we had a really fun time talking about it last year. I'm really excited for us doing this category again this year. So Rich, you're kicking it off this year. What, is, what do you think is the most accessible game of 2022? It's God of War. Um, like, yeah. It, let's, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, it's it's it just is like i think this is what happens with this category every year it's the triple a game that's like trying the hardest to uphold that standard and this year that happens to be god of war there's a ton of stuff for people with motor or visual disabilities uh opening up those windows on timing based puzzle stuff making combat less like mashy in terms of uh getting that flow in and kind of like having the computer adapt a little bit to understand what you're doing uh visually impaired stuff just dig through the settings on this game. There is a ton of stuff. Um, and like, again, it, it, the last of us two is, I, I believe what got it last time for us because it, no, it, that, yeah, that was the thing. game that inspired this category. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, but just, that, that game came out two years ago. So I, time is a flat circle. Um, it, it's true. It's true. Uh, I think this is on the same level as The Last of Us 2, which is what uh, kind of brings close. You. Yeah, I would uh, say close, but not quite Okay, there. close close, yeah. en- close enough. Yeah, there there are a few issues I talked about last time with some of the implementation being a little scuffed. Um, with, sure. with, with Like I mentioned before, the way the pathing was handled. With Also, unless they've fixed this, the high contrast mode was handled at the texture level, not at the shader level, which... Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to translate to non-nerd means it's the first thing handled, not the last thing. Uh, mm. Which means occasionally you'll have situations where, oh, you go into deep shadow and the high contrast colors also become dark because, well, you're in shadow now. And that's completely not the fucking point of this mode, guys. 
this needs to be handled at this is the last step just make it look the brightest fucking colors you can um well there you have it and yeah that, like there there are situations in this game because that's the way it's handled where the high contrast mode is lower contrast than the regular game <laughs> because they implemented it the way they meant the way they did um hmm. So yeah, there there are issues. They're they're not unsolvable issues. Frankly, they some of them may have been patched at this point, but at release, some of them were egregious, like like that one in particular. Um, but like we've said, it is trying, which is more can be than can be said for way too many games at this point. Just just yeah. far too many. I, I would say that, like, <clears throat> excuse me, the only reason why I'm comparing it to this is because obviously it was the inspiration for the category. The Last of Us 2 still, to me, has the best difficulty settings of any game to date that I've seen. Like, the ability to customize that difficulty um, in so many different ways uh, just blows my fucking mind, still. And it's two, two years ago that this yeah. happened. God of War is missing that from this game. I wish that it had that, but everything else that it's doing, it does really well. Um, I, I can't really expand too much on what Josh and Rich have said here. It, it just it has a ton of settings for people, so that it's it makes it very accessible. The uh, exploration is not terribly difficult. The the NPCs help you out pretty. <laughs> quickly on any puzzles so it's not likely that you're to get stuck if anything yeah. um it's too accessible in that way but yeah uh, yeah <laughs> but that's there, that's a yes. that's a that's a different issue yeah we course. talked yes, about this a, previously how this they could have had a couple more options in order to make it not get in your way but right yeah um, but other than that yeah i <clears throat> excuse me sorry one of the things I really like about this game is that the combat can be simple enough, um, not only in difficulty, but in how you play, to where you really don't have to do much if you don't want to. If you're more engaged with the story, the combat's kind of like a byproduct, you could coast through that pretty easily. Then again, if you enjoy the combat, yeah. it can get pretty complex and difficult well, per how you want it to be ish. in that yeah. there are a ton of abilities that you unlock through the um, upgrading system. Yeah. There's a ton of armor and abilities that the armor and attachments have that synergistically act with the abilities that you unlock. There's yes. a lot of depth in the combat if you want it to be there. But yeah, you don't I, have to delve into that. Yeah, I love the combat in this game. I don't like the way the difficulty is implemented. I, like I've talked about this before, I don't think the yeah. higher level difficulties actually work all that well because everything is so lethal that you just get killed by stuff off screen. Um, mm. However, like you said, you can play this game how you want to. It's really flexible. I, I like that about it. Uh, the combat feels so good that I'm just I'm frustrated whenever the higher difficulties don't really take advantage of the strengths of the game um, as, as well. But, mm. but yeah, like you said, per the actual topic here, accessibility-wise, it's excellent. It's, it's really excellent. Um, 
Um, none of the achievements are locked behind difficulty modes. It's not going to penalize you for not being able to do certain things. Like I talked about this before, my my joints have gotten worse and worse with age, and turning off that button mashing dog shit was the first thing I did, and that's you know again they give you an introductory. Here, here are the uh, accessibility features before you start anything in the game sort of setup. That's that's that that shouldn't be that hard to implement to have the game default to your settings menu on first boot type of a thing, but not a lot of games do that. And then then framing it as not a you're ruining your game experience if you do it this way sort of a thing. Um it's good. It's good. This is this is not I mean, so many games you see stuff like uh even if they're games I like, um you see just fucking stupid shit. Like mm-hmm. with Wolfenstein still doing the look at the difficulty modes and having the different versions of Blaskowitz. You know, the little baby mode for playing on easy and, and fucking gamer dog shit like that. Like come the fuck on. You're playing a video game, you goddamn dweeb. You're not you're not fucking hard for playing I'm hard on a higher difficulty of Wolfenstein. Mm. Um and I like when games aren't trying to be that just eping stroking pathetic-ness in this game. This game does a good job of just giving you the options and not judging you for any of them. Yep, I I very much enjoy that. I I agree with you there. Um, So the three of us had God of War, Ragnarok. Ray, where where are you at with this category? I mean, (coughs) in the end, to be honest, I don't think a lot about, and this is my privileged position of not having to think about accessibility i don't think about it a lot but just hearing your arguments about god of war and one thing i like that josh said was that none of the achievements are locked behind difficulty options i think that's actually really important for people to get what they want out of a game you know because people look for certain things like people there are you know people just want to see the story people who want to sink a thousand hours into something and then people who want to see the entire trophy list for themselves and earn every trophy and you know depending on circumstances i think that's actually a really powerful thing that if you play on quote-unquote easy mode or hard mode and i'm doing air quotes for those of you listening to this audio podcast everybody air quotes (laughs) um no like just not locking trophies behind difficulty i think is a huge step forward for games in general so yeah like god of war i would say is actually a pretty good step forward in terms of accessibility i mean one thing maybe i'd like to see going forward just and this is the one thing i think about in terms of accessibility i remember when microsoft showed off that accessibility controller remember that thing yeah I would love yeah, for... Yeah, yeah, that's, that's still... They're still supporting that, but they just don't bring it up, which is no, but strange. Would, it is strange, but I would also love for Sony to put out something like that because I think it's such, like, a common sense, like... Yeah. You know, in order to make all the games more accessible, like... Well, I mean, that's... that's Again, 
Microsoft is putting the work in and then not really talking about re- it. Yeah, exactly. Like they that thing is supported on most Switch games. Oh yeah, no. Phil Spencer like should it, be that, touting it left and right because it really yeah. is like a it's a celebration of different ability in terms of being able to play games. Yeah. Whereas when we look at you know as far as God of War goes, and God of War seems like a, a very good lesson in accessibility, but in the end you're still playing it with a PS5 controller. Yeah. You know, so it's just sort of the idea like Sony could do something similar to that like it doesn't seem like in the end it's a bunch of it would be a public yeah, the, public yeah, it, relations triumph really frankly i think there needs to be far more cooperation as far as this is going like frankly sony doesn't need their own accessibility controller oh, no, no, they no. need to make a huge deal about how they will 100 percent support, support the, the microsoft adaptive controller i mean if you look at it that it, needs to, that needs to be a huge thing that it also needs to be that sony made a big deal about how they were not copywriting any of their accessibility features that they came out with with the last of us and a lot of their other first party type games even to look at other and technology i've things. not seen a lot of that stuff in outside games yet like there, there really needs to be a bigger push to we're making these features they're not proprietary in any way please use them like you please please implement this in your own games and in your own way and 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 even even if they did something like at the system level because again i said a lot of this could be handled as a shader it should be handled as a shader it's not in god of war but that if if it was something the system like system level you could read this is an enemy this is a friendly whatnot that the system could then go in and put that sort of high contrast filter on that no. could be done at the system level. If they just implemented, cause this is something we've already forced on games with the whole steam forces you to put achievements in. Like that's fucking stupid. Like I, I still think achievements are completely ancillary in 99% of cases, but games are forced to put those in. We could force them to put the sort of tags in. Yeah, but even if you that look would at... allow you to have the system level accessibility features, then just put on by the console makers. Even if you look at even beyond accessibility itself, when you look at universality, yeah, um, Xbox was forced to accept Blu-ray. That is a Sony-owned yeah. property. Every time that a blu-ray drive is put into an xbox sony gets a kickback like so that's an example of technological hardware universal changes that we see accepted across different platforms Mm -hmm. and the same thing could be argued for that sort of adaptive controller that xbox put out yeah Yeah. because really in the end it's just usb ports and drivers right yeah, it should be. It's it's not that given, I mean, frankly, the state of the PC games, like, everything should be remappable, remappable on PC, but it, that's still not the case. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it makes sense given the landscape of PC where a lot of that is very indie, 
where no, people when are just you even learning look how at, to make a game. But, but when you look at modern consoles, like even nowadays, like yeah. they're stripped down PCs. Like, yeah. like really, like the PS3 was the last console that was like truly like a console in terms of having proprietary hardware. Yes. Like nowadays, like the the language is easier than ever. So like accessibility should be sort of shared across the board. I Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I frankly, I do want to see a whole lot more of that. Like I was saying, just cooperation. From the console makers at this point in order to make sure because there's there's no downside to that. It like, would engender I, goodwill I, across the board. It would across be, the board. Like no one's losing from that sort of openness. No, no, mm-hmm. no one loses. Everyone, it, it's not even that no one loses, it's that everyone wins. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, that's going to be easy for our deliberations later on, but uh, <laughs> all of us said most accessible yeah. game of 22 is God of War Ragnarok. So we're going to kick off the last category here. It's the final one. Um, favorite sound design. So um, I'm, I'm excited for this one. This one is not exclusively music but the way sound is implemented the way it's used so on and so forth josh going right to you oh i knew you're gonna start with me um this was a tough one there there were a few games that uh i think did an excellent job of this this Mm. year um just just outstanding like they they really kind of they drew into the world Um, right Sifu, I think, did an excellent job of conveying a ton of information through right. the sound design uh, in a way that wasn't distracting. Um, I, frankly, I, th- I think they did an excellent job of, of conveying a lot. And that's a busy game. That is a game that is hard to learn whenever you first jump into it. Um, the, the sound design does an excellent job of smoothing that difficulty curve. Um, mm. I think my favorite game for the year, though, sound design-wise, uh, is, again, going back to Norco. I think, I think the wow. music, I think the sound design really puts you in a place. Um, uh, it's, it's got a lot of ambient sort of music that I talked about before, but then there's also the sounds of the place you are in. Um, that really get across a lot. There's again, um, that sort of near future sci-fi esque sort of sounds, um, to the technology you're, you're using, um, stuff like using, you know, the smartphones of the day that don't exist yet, that they have to then create sounds for, for, for how you're going to interact with them. Um, that, feel nostalgic for 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 this world that hasn't come to pass yet um mm. in a really cool way um it is it is such a deep soundscape to that game um i've i've i i can hear someone playing this game and just instantly be there um 
it, it, yeah, yeah. Norco. Norco has outstanding sound design. They're, again, it's, it's an adventure game. Like, this is an old-school type thing. It's not something that, frankly, a lot of games skimp on this because, well, who's going to care? You're, you're clicking on a bunch of stuff and going through a story. Um, and then the games that, that do care, you, you end up with um, some magic. Um, and this, this game really, I think, exemplifies that. Uh, mm. And, yeah, I, I love just the sounds of the world of this game. Just even, even the room noise. Like this, the 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 effort put into this this is in any adventure game you you go from screen to screen looking around at what's there, and the sense of place from one screen to the next from from one room in your childhood home that you go that you're going back to on your you know your trip home to Norco to to bear your mom. Um, you get a different feeling from one room to the next. That's not, mm. that's not a given. That's, that's not even not a given. That's not something you expect from almost anyone. Um, and and th- those feelings come across in this game. Um, that's that's it, awesome. It, yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I understand from like a technical level how other people could, you're probably going to, get more mileage from some of the more like the deeper systems level games on this sort of a a category but as far as the way it spoke to me i think i think norco just does an excellent job of getting across exactly what it's trying to cool well norco it is for you i like it giving some love to norco this year well deserved it sounds like as rich can corroborate but Ray, what is your favorite uh, sound design for 2022? There is one game that when I can close my eyes and if you played the sounds of the game, like how the weapons sound, how the sound effects sound, I can tell you what game it is instantly, and that is Vampire Survivors. (laughs) (laughs) No, you know what? Every weapon sounds distinct. Every sound effect. And when you die, the music that plays a din-din-din... Like <clears throat> everything about that game is hyper engineered, hyper precise in terms of you know exactly what type of game you're playing. Mm. And you know what you have to do. And I can tell you right now, like I could like close my eyes, you tell me like, oh, you're in the library level and you're woo 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 woo. I'm like, I know what exactly what enemy's coming at me. And to me, that's something special. And even like the sounds when you pick up something on the map, when you level up, when you have to pick something like everything is just pitch perfect as like this perfect homage to its roots. It it is a super satisfying game. The sounds really just reinforce how satisfying it is to just do anything in the game oh yeah and the funny thing is like nowadays every game is like every triple a game is like focus test to death this was a super like small project that just knew what it wanted to do and knocked it out of the park at it with no f like 
great with the effort that comes with the work of putting in what they did, but yeah. they didn't have to revise anything like, you know, they all they did was add on and every add on was spectacular. Yeah, they didn't make any missteps with anything in this game, let alone the sound design. Like this is. This is a game, if it could have existed in the Genesis era, the Super Nintendo era, I would have played the shit out of it. I'm slotted right in, too. Yeah, and I'm happy it's here now. No, and in terms of what it's trying to do, the sound design is actually kind of near perfect. Like, there's no, like, what what would you do differently? Hmm. I can't think of anything. Yeah, that's that's another game that's... It's got so much going on, but the sound design is paired back to give you the most information going right. on, like w- 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 with the oh yeah, a million things going on on screen. But oh man, I I I just nicked that enemy. I thought I missed him, but I I obviously heard that I just took damage from grazing this enemy. Type mm. there's there's so much information in the sound design of that game. No, and each weapon has a distinct sound. Each. Yep enemy type has a dis like enemies have a distinct sound especially the ones that rush towards you like you know what's exactly happening at any given time visually and in an auditory sense and that's super important for a game like that like you need all the information possible because you want to survive that 30 minutes yep yep solid good choice um, I'm glad if, this if game I could piggyback, if I if I could piggyback while we're there, that's also my pick for sound design. Wow. Uh, yeah, that it, like like Ray kind of said, I think it captures uh that like NES Genesis era of just like I know all the sounds of all the items in a game, and like whether on purpose or just by sense of knowing what it wants to, like it 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 captures that just like. There are sound bites in that game that, yeah, you close your eyes and you can picture exactly what's happening on screen and you can't. You can say that for a lot of games of that era, and I don't know if that's a a staple of the design or of how of the ages we were when those games were happening, but it it captures that 100 percent. And it's just it's so striking. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, there you go. Knock two two birds out with one stone. I like it. Um. My choice is Tunic for this year uh, as favorite sound design. Um, it is really good. Josh, have you played that? I heard about it. Besides the amazing soundtrack, the thing that I really like is um, the way it's used. There, there are moments where it's very atmospheric and you have su- like wind sounds blowing yeah. while the yeah. soundtrack is playing, which adds depth and layers to the soundtrack itself and because the way the soundtrack was crafted it allows for those ambient sound effects to be put over the top or underneath the soundtrack soundtrack itself which is uh something that i don't think a lot of games tend to take notice of or do it or implement it in such an expert way as this game has done that's actually super smart in terms of just like using music as mood that's super smart but it, it it does such a good job of that. But the thing that really set it over the top for me when I was thinking about this category is there are multiple puzzles in this game that are completely dependent on the sound design. Yeah, there um, are. Yeah, and that that is that is like 
kind of a bit of a spoiler there. Um, but because I'm not giving you context, it's not, it's not, not, gonna not be enough easily. to matter. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy actually the, how intricate that sound design is to where some of those yeah. puzzles are fucking absurd. Like I'm full disclosure. There's one puzzle you have to do uh, with the sound design that I had to look up because I had no idea what to do. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and the reason why it like, despite me not being able to solve it myself, I think it's brilliant and it's just, I'm not smart enough to have figured something sure like are. that out or I don't have the knowledge. <laughs> Wait, I don't have the musical they, they, knowledge. Why did you look it up? Why didn't you just ask Josh? Yeah, I, I, I could have told you this one. <laughs> I know exactly which one you're talking about. Right? Yeah, because like I didn't even like the thing was, is I was trying to think, I was like, what am I supposed to even do here? Like, yeah. I didn't even have an idea that it it's, involved the sound design. Yeah. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh my God, that's brilliant. It really is. And it's. <sighs> there are games that do this. Um with with stuff that's there's information in the sound that you're you're not going to get and i'm torn on this because again we've just we just talked we're talking about the accessibility reasons why not to do this um so as far as that goes eh but also this is one of those ones where it's hard enough if you know what's going on and can hear it that, like, you can hear it and still have to go look up a guide unless you are really paying attention. Um, mm. This one, I didn't look up a guide for this, and it still took me, like, a notebook paper, and I was just, like, taking notes over and over and over and over again until I finally saw the loop for what it was. And I'm like, okay, that's, that, that's it. Like it, it was not easy. It was not easy. If, and even if you could hear it, uh, and do have, you know, good enough pitch sense to be able to make sense of it. Um, even with all that, it is tough. So you shouldn't feel bad if you have to look it up, which then there are a couple other games like the witness with like the bird puzzles, which fuck those puzzles. I know I can hear exactly what's going on there and they don't fucking sound like the answer. Like there's, they're just fucked period. So mm. look them up. If, if you get to the sound puzzles in the bamboo forest, fucking look them up guys. This is, this is your, this is your warning half a decade late at this point. Look up those puzzles when you get there in uh, in the witness, um, guys. If yeah, you're sick of Jonathan Blow's shit, look it up. Yes, yes. Those are the only puzzles in the whole game that are sound based and, and don't make not me think about Jonathan. Well Blow. implemented, but anyway, um, that's that's not the only thing in the game that again. There's there's a ton of information in the sound of that game. Um, yeah. Not, well, not just information. Like there's there's a ton of like you were saying before, perforations. Uh, uh, information, yes, but just just the 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 feeling of where you are really changes, and it's it's on a very subtle level that they're able to get that across uh, with just uh, 
the feeling you get from each environment. The game's mm. actually constantly telling you the solution to the puzzles, but at a frequency only dogs can hear. It's true. So it's God of War yeah, Ragnarok I can't for dogs? over the sound of my parents yeah. fighting. Neither can I. Neither can I, man. So that was an example of Shay trying to use Rich's joke. I it's like not a it. Rich's joke, it's a this fucking joke. This is the first time I've brought, this is, it's true. Uh, we're, we're making this a catch for it. You, you're hearing it live. Listen, we're going to make it a shirt well, not for live. Rich. I'm going to edit this, and you're going to hear yeah. it after the fact, but... No, it's going to be... He's going to edit out all of Rich's, so it's only mine. No, it's, it's going to be just... It's going to be Rich's <laughs> face on the back. It just says, my dad doesn't like me on the front. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> he finds me abrasive and unappealing. Hey, sounds like my mom. But that's not a joke. That's... Unfortunately, not a joke. Uh, anyways, uh, I think wasn't a joke. <laughs> that got dark. Thanks, Ray. Um. Anyways, tunic. Favorite sound design. What um, about yeah. me, Dad? Anyway, tunic. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna take one more quick break, and then we are going to do our group deliberations. So we will be right back. This Sunday, Sunday, at the Four Seasons Total Landscaping Arena, Sunday, Monster Truck Rally. That's right. There are going to be lots of bitches, lots of big tough guys. Sunday, and yours truly, down there at the Monster Truck Rally. And we're going to be wearing Chop Gear. Store.swordshop.com. Store. You can buy lots of nice gear and t-shirts so when you fuck your bitch in the bleachers, you have something to look at. Raw dogging it. Oh, baby. No condoms, because we don't sell those yet. That's right, and if you look up at your sore chomp clock, you'll know how fast you came inside of her. <laughs> C-U-M. That's right. Here, let me tell you about my friend Dale. He's going to tell you more about the store.swordchomp.com. Dale, take it over. I tell you, I went on over to story.swordchomp.com, got myself a t-shirt, got myself a hat, got myself something for my dog. It's a good deal. That's right, Dale. That's right. So if you're interested in repping your favorite podcast while watching a bunch of trucks slam it into each other, head over to store.swordchomp.com. Store.swordchomp.com this Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday. I like titties. Hey, y'all, we're back, and we're going to talk about our group choices for these categories. Now, there's one category we will not be deliberating on, and that is favorite old game. For obvious reasons, we all played very different old games. Um, but we're going to start with our favorite voice acting performance. Now, if I'm looking at the list, uh, Ray and Rich, you both have um, the Odin uh performance done by Richard Schiff from God of War Ragnarok. I had Freya, um, played by Daniel Nicole Bissetti, and Josh had Cave Johnson from Aperture Desk Job played by J.K. Simmons. So all I'm hearing here is that Elden Ring wins. <laughs> Do they have voice acting in that game? I have no idea. Honestly, I, I thought about choosing a character that wasn't voiced because the, there are a couple games this year that aren't voiced and are kind of really well served by that. Yeah, sure. The silent protagonist kind of thing. Yeah, but well, no. not even just protagonist, but just the, just the, the the general feel you get 
by by having to imagine it, I think mm. works really well. I mean, let's be honest, though, in terms of expediency, I would say just in terms of our overall choices, God of War 3, that's kind of where God of War Ragnarok rather than God of War 3 for the PS. So it's Renat Oscar. Oh. Yeah, decided. I like the guy who did Hercules and God of War. Yeah, exactly. No, but like God of War Ragnarok, that's kind of where we're sort of centering our discussion around, I guess. It, which, again, no offense to J.K. Simmons, because J.K. Simmons is... The rest of us just don't have a baseline for that game. Yeah, yeah. that's... J.K. Simmons is on... Yeah, hand to God, like, J. Jonah Jameson, like, he is... We'd like to give an honorary dagger to to J.K. Simmons for J.K. Simmons of the year. No, J.K. Simmons, he's an amazing actor. You know, I would love to watch him throw a drum set at a student anytime. You know, it's true. Yeah. I just feel like not enough of us had the baseline. So yeah, God of yeah. War. I'm, I'm fine with anybody from God of War winning, to be honest with you. Um, I think sure. the biggest standouts in this game are Freya, Odin, um, Thor. And I honestly think Ratatoskr is a really fun yeah, character. He's, he's up there as well, but I do think Shift's performance as Odin is like by a country mile, especially once you've seen like everything come together and the the way he plays the deception of that character I mean, and the, the style. Yeah, Frankly, yeah. he's a panache. Atreus is kind of understated, but it works better than I expected going into it because his, sure. his his voice is different. I, I mean, obviously it has to be because well, he had puberty. It's been three years and the character has gone through puberty. I wasn't sold on it right off the bat, but mm. it it gets there. I I think he does an excellent job with Atreus. Uh, but by the yeah. end of the game, I'm, I'm I was I was completely on board with that performance as well. And, and I, I, again, I I don't think it's showy because you have to be. It can't be. You've got to put up with it for the whole game. You can't be over the top with a main character. Also, like not that, the self. It's, it's excellently done. Don't sell. The guy who plays Kratos short, like that is yeah. Christopher Judge is is does, yeah. Does he does a great character. job. Like yeah, yeah. A similar similar situation. There. And it's not even yeah. his fault, from what I understand, is that Kratos himself is not the most interesting character in the game. Like he's kind of surrounded by people who sort of outshine him. He, he gets really, a lot more range in this game. He, he gets he a really lot more range so much more game. than the last and God of War. Yeah. What and what? One thing I wanted to say about Sad Atreus is my issues with Atreus are not. In his voice acting performance, it's more about some of the dialogue, um, yeah, which is is a little suspect. But that's not the voice acting performance. That has nothing to do with that, and it's not that egregious. But I think yeah, the the actor does a lot with what he's given. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like yeah, again, yeah. Like I was saying, I think that that's one of those understated performances that that really pulls its weight in that game. Mm. It's yeah, it's I, truly the Sony cinematic game in terms of like when you look at what they put out, like the Uncharted's the at this point, the God of War is like they put out like the big yeah. blockbuster versions of games like mm. that cinematic experience. And they have voice acting to match like there's mocap voice acting and in terms of actual ter- pure acting ability. It's high across the board, like, and God of War delivers yeah. that in spades, from what I could tell. Mm. And yeah, there's really I, uh, no I'm losers not, in that entire cast, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Ang- Anger Boda is another well voiced actress in this game as well. Um, there, there are a ton of good performances. Honestly, Everyone's I'm okay great. with giving it to. Uh, 
I think Odin and Freya are the two biggest standouts. I'm fine with either one of them. I can live with. I I, yeah, I, I, I like Frey's performance I too, but I think I'm gonna push harder for for Odin in this particular one. I would just say Odin because the mob boss pastiche is like pretty much like a, it's so. It seems like it's a thing that's not gonna work, but boy, do they make that's it. That's really what it Great. is. Great, give it to another fucking old white guy. All right, yeah, oh, sure. You <laughs> know what? <laughs> Norse, yeah, Norse mythology mixed with the mafia. Yeah, a bunch of old white people there. So fine, but uh, you know what? It's yeah. an interesting mix. I mean, white unless it's the 1950s, in which case. Yeah, then they're Eastern European. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Odin from God of War Ragnarok, played by Richard Schiff. Uh, Very diverse. Really breaking new boundaries here uh, with our choices. <laughs> what uh, a great favorite... day to be an elderly white man! Wait, wait, when will he be on the video call with us to accept this award? Uh, I'll get back to you on that. Oh, okay. Favorite... He might Favorite. be here now. This it's, this is very it's white already. It's hard to I'm tell. I'm very salt and peppery. I could yeah. be Richard Schiff. Name your penis, Richard Schiff. Uh, favorite menu screen. Uh, favorite menu screen. Uh, we are all over the place here. Uh, Rich with Neon White, Josh with God of War Ragnarok, Vampire Survivors, and I had Triangle Strategy. Um, I like. I really like Neon White's color contrast and the music. I I also think. It's it's like it's going for a mood. If you haven't played the game, you don't quite yeah. understand what's happening there. So I think that one's going to be a tougher sell for me personally. Um, Vampire Survivors, and this is just my thoughts. I'm just getting them out. This is how we do it. I'm not trying to poo-poo on anyone. It's I'm okay, you're wrong. Go ahead. Suck my dick. <laughs> um, Vampire Survivors has a very uh, cool aesthetic at the beginning. And like I said, it has a nice juicy hiney on there, which none of these other menu screens Did have. Did you say that? Yeah, shit, wants to eat its ass. But, oh uh, my god, look who's here! <laughs> oh my god. But the, but the thing about it is, it does look like a retro-style video game. It's a which, stock uh, photo of an old white man. <laughs> it's just the lemon party. <laughs> that would have given the, it... For the audio one. listeners, I've changed my Skype background to a photo of Richard Schiff. <laughs> fucking love that i didn't even notice that um and to be honest with you infernax did the same thing uh as what that didn't come out this year yeah came out february oh i don't know time's a flat circle did it also change his background to be a photo of richard schiff (laughs) yeah so uh there are a few games that have done that retro look to me um god of war ragnarok from someone who has played an ungodly amount of vampire survivors it does what it's going to do and then gets out of the way. Yeah. Because it's one of those menu screens like, great, I'm in the mood. It's been three seconds. It's time to click through this thing as fast as possible so I can actually get to the game. And that is a nice thing. I mean, that, that, that is a great feature. It's like efficient yeah. prostitution. Like, you, you, you load it up, you pay, you get in. Hmm. I like it. I really like God of War Ragnarok for what it's trying to do there. Uh, Josh made a really good point with that. I... I I personally feel pretty strongly about Triangle Strategy, but I also know that Rich and I are the only ones who played that game. Uh, so I could understand if that's a bit Triangle Strategy is a game that I know I will play. And that's yeah. one of those games that I know will get me. That's just, that is a game for me. Mm. Yeah. 
So I'm more than willing I, um, to accept, and plus I'm a sucker for the HD 2D. Yeah. I, um, yeah, that's, that's as, a good as one. As far as runners-up that I didn't bring up already, mm. like, again, I think God of War does an excellent job of kind of getting you thematically just, just ready for the game you're about to right. play. Right. Um, high runners-up on that list were mm. Kirby and the Forgotten Land. I mm. think that does an, an, another really good job of kind of getting you hyped, ready for the game, similar to the Vampire Survivors, but also not not too much. Like, it's, it's still... Um, it, it really kind of gets you into the world in a cool way by... Right. By being a different arrangement of, uh, you know, that that main theme that you it's it just it's there for the menu, mm-hmm. uh, type of a feel. It just it, it gets you into the game really uh, efficiently, right? I think. You know what it is with God of War? Like I feel like that's less novel nowadays. Is that so many games look good and nod to their own stories? Like you know. Spoiler now a six-year-old game, Final Fantasy 15. When you re when you start that game after you beat it, the title card looks different because you yeah. see the full story. Yeah. Yeah. So they sort of reveal itself through the story. So I don't feel like at this point, while God of War, I have no doubt does it well, mm. it's no longer novel. Whereas That's I feel fun. like yeah, yeah. triangle strategy, and this is like triangle strategy again I, i'm a sucker for old school graphics especially the hg2d triangle strategy is able to seemingly do a lot with its limited graphic set i mean i i like that one a lot i hadn't really thought about it until shay brought it up but it is a really good one like i i, I would be comfortable going that's that, the thing honestly. i feel i feel at this point i'm pulling for shay's choice yeah okay so my, my, so so my votes okay. for dome keeper where where you watch the the character just randomly mine and do random shit while you're you're sitting there looking at the menu. Oh, man, I mean, like I wish that. I had context to that. I pr- yeah. I probably I like that talk. too. Yeah. Um, um. On my short list, the only other ones, like I said, bu- uh, not Buck Stacks, uh, Tiny Kin, and then um, Trek to Yomi also has a really good intro uh, card uh, menu screen, but. I think yeah. outside of like I, I, of what we got on the table here, I think the ones I feel strongly about are Triangle Strategy and God of War. And like having looked back on Triangle Strategy, I feel a little bit more strongly about what they're doing with what they've got there. Same, same. Like if you showed me both yeah. games right now in terms of just their title cards, which I'm going to be attracted to, I know just with my own biases, it's going to be Triangle Strategy. Hmm. Okay. Well, there we go. Triangle Strategy. In the books feels good. Um, I'm gonna feels have us. Feels good. Anyways, feels good. Yeah, we're gonna loop back around a favorite song and favorite soundtrack because I think those are gonna take the longest. Let's knock out favorite sound. Oh, sorry. Most accessible game of 2022: God of War Ragnarok. God of yeah. War Ragnarok. Yeah, I think that kind of we, we, we already accidentally done. decided that. Yeah. Okay. Just officially to announce it, God of War Ragnarok yes. wins our most accessible game of 2022. Favorite sound design. Um, Josh had Norco, Ray and Rich had Vampire Survivors, and I had Tunic. So I feel like this, this already starts from like yeah. a point of where there's half the people already on the same page. Hmm. 
it's almost like right. Convince us that's not it. Present your case. Um, Ray, have you played Tunic? I have not played Tunic. I've watched a lot of videos of it. Okay. I get the sound design of this game. I think yeah. it is brilliant. I think Tunic is one of the more brilliant games made in probably the last 15 years. I think it's probably the best distillation of distillation and expansion of the Zelda formula, maybe in the last 20. And I include other Zelda games in that. Right. Yeah. Um, I think there are a lot of games that this could go to this year. This is this is one. I think there were some strong contenders. Um, Well, I think we've hit a point where especially in the current generation, especially when we see difference of styles, it's games are no longer. A lot of games are no longer worried about that race to the top of visuals. Instead, they're looking for other things. Mm. Yeah. And sound design is really a big place to expand, especially when you're looking with meaningful sound. And that includes things like thematic music, sound effects, sort of. Yeah. You know, there, there, it's actually a really broad category that encompasses a lot. Like when you look at yeah. something, for instance, between a vampire, like not even games of this year, when you look at a difference between something like a vampire survivors and even something like something a lot more subtle, say like a Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, where things are a lot more subtle. Sound design is just as important but in a completely different way. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, shit's changed. It's no longer, you know, you know, NES, SNES, Genesis. That was easy. Right. Yeah, I, the reason why I was asking about Tunic is because I think you and I are kind of in the same boat with this as in um i i've watched a lot of videos on vampire survivors i haven't played it you watch a lot of videos on tunic you haven't played it so i was trying to see if there's like any it's a brilliant game meeting point there it's yeah, both, yeah. both are both are it's no they're it's they both are i think vampire survivors is more not more i think the genius is more evident in the simplicity Tunic is a lot more of a complex game. There's a lot more going on. Vampire Survivors, you're doing one thing really well, and there's a lot of things supporting that one thing really well. Yeah, I, every everything feeds back into the gameplay loop in that in that game. That that's that's kind of where I was going to take it. Like I really like Tunic's sound design just because it's constantly evolving. It's constantly setting the mood for things but with vampire survivors a game like that where you're constantly doing the same kind of runs i think a big thing and this is something we didn't really state about hades well enough back in the day is if you're going to be doing runs like that in any kind of a roguelite game that the sound design has to be pretty damn good oh if if you're going to be if i was around over for hades i would have been harping on that because hades is one of my favorite games ever it is yeah. a fa- well, we no, we gave the game a lot of love, but in terms oh, yeah. of this particular category. Oh no, I'm I'm just saying in terms of sound, like to me a big part of it. Like I play I don't play a lot of games with headphones. I played that game with headphones. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. And it was very good. Um I also because, have headphones. Ugh, because, I want to bring up some of the of stuff that, I didn't mention before just because it was okay. excellent. Mm. And again, like I said, this this was one of the tougher categories this year. Um 
Solar Ash, I think, did an excellent job. Of, of oh yeah, that's right. It world. is available for contention this year. You're yeah, right. Yeah, Solar Solar Ash had great sound. Mm. Uh, Sifu, I already mentioned. I already mentioned, but that one had great sound that just really reinforced the gameplay. Uh, Elden Ring, I think, just El- gets across yes. the world so well. You can you can park yeah. yourself at just about any place in that world, and just listen and get an idea of where you are. I think Elden yeah. Ring just and uh, that's a game I bought. I haven't played it yet. Just from everything I've heard about it and seen of it, it just seems like it is a horrifically lived-in world, but it's still very much a lived-in yeah, world. Yeah. And yes. it's and sound design is a huge part of that, and it's a testament yeah. to how life, well made it is. Finds a way. Yeah, sound design in that game is really good. It um, is. It's it's really from good. What I've seen. It's, if anything, it's, if it's it, outstanding. I, I wouldn't um, even just even what I've seen. I wouldn't even be a I would be okay with that even winning if I wasn't so into vampire survivors. Yeah, and like the the yeah. thing with Elden Ring is I think we could have the same praise about God of War Ragnarok if I'm being honest with you. Like the times where I'm sitting there and yeah. and like I can hear like I'm sitting there like doing like texting on my phone really quick and suddenly I hear a bird like pan to the right. And I'm like, "Oh shit, where'd that come from?" And like the rustling of walking around as Kratos and Atreus, like the sound design is very well done. I mean, that's not perfect. Ambiance that's been done well, though. I'm going to argue since like the 360 generation, like when you play like Assassin's Creed, you know, Brotherhood, Mm. you know, you hear those birds off. Like if you're on the top of the Coliseum and you're like a, a bird off to the side, like I feel like that's pretty well worn territory by now. No, yes, but like as I was saying, uh, I wasn't quite yeah, done yet. Yeah. It's it's a microcosm of kind of what you're saying about Elden Ring. It very much feels like a lived-in world as well, and it's it like there are ma- many ways it manifests. You know, like yeah, even yeah, the, as, the as dragon sounds the field, when you're fighting a dragon, or yeah. I think it gets the feel of the world across in this in a similar sort of way. But in Elden Ring, that's a much more uh it, it, again, it's it a bizarre world gameplay loop. It's also um, a bizarre world. It's not a natural one. Well, well, not just that, but like, there's information there that matters more so than in God of War. Because in God of War, oh, I wandered into an arena. I wonder what's going to happen here. It's a combat encounter. You're not going to hear that sort of thing ahead of time because it just spawns in on top of you. That's just the way right. the games are made. Yes, yes. Um, and with, with that, combat, that, that level of information matters mm. in Elden mm. Ring. Also, That's wouldn't true. it be a knock yeah. against God of War where, from what I understand, they're very quick to say, like, oh, in this puzzle, you have to push something over to the left. Like, that's kind of a knock <laughs> that, against the sound that, that design. Is, yes, yes. Yeah. And I will say, like, in terms of, like, the combat, for example, when you're fighting the Berserkers in God of War Ragnarok, the sound can be important because that, like an Elden Ring or like a Souls, like if the character is saying something, then that tip- typically is indicative of the attack that's about to come. So for certain yeah. enemy types, it will warn you. Um, if you're not as uh, proficient somehow as memorizing their patterns, if you hear like a character who has said this line before attacking you with a specific attack that's another indicator of that so i'm not going to say it's it's outstanding in that regard i'm saying that like i think if we're like if we're saying like elden ring should be like uh given some notice to that i think god of war fills a similar role um but i i don't think either of them should win it if i'm being honest with you like really should this just go to sonic frontiers 
Oh, uh, yeah. Tournament. <laughs> I've yeah. not played that yet to know, but yeah. I'm just guessing. I haven't played it yet either. Uh, I I'm mean, okay it with it. It is a strand go- game, so the sound design has to be on I, point. Well, also, you think about that ring sound, it's pretty much been perfect since the 16 bit era. So Sonic it's Frontiers. True. Sonic Frontiers, winner. Yeah. <laughs> so, so here's like, I'm okay with Vampire Survivors winning at the end of the day. I'm less okay with that as someone oh, who's wow, played okay. a ton of it. Um, okay. I really like it. I think it feeds back into the gameplay loop. It it gets across that old school feel really well as far as, I mean, this is something that we've seen all the way back to like Mario 3. Again, mm. because of, at the, at the time, technical limitations. If you want a sound effect to play, it's got to clip out of the soundtrack because we've got four channels. That's all you're working with. You want percussion? You want sound effects? Well, the percussion is going to get overwritten by the sound effects. Uh, sort of a... It feels like that. Obviously, okay. it's, not, it's not working on the, on the same limitations, but it's got that sort of very much focused on the information sort of feel to it. Um, okay. And that's, that's not a downside. It works for what the game is doing excellently. But it also feels simple. Uh, in a way that I, I think some of the others don't. Um, and that's what I like about it. That's also, I feel like there's like an artistry in the simplicity. Well, yeah, yeah, again, again, it's it's not a downside, but that's, I wanted to bring that up. Um, no, that's fair. That's fair. What, what do you think would be like a, in terms of a meeting in the middle would be a, um, a better solution instead of Vampire Survivors? Sonic Frontiers. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't, again, there's just not a lot of overlap here on the choices is kind of the issue. Um, I really, I really like the sound design in Tunic. I really like the sound design in Elden Ring. Um, hmm. I, I think they're both really pulling their I, weight. In. I, I could see Tunic. Tu- Tunic is something I'd be comfortable with because I think that's definitely in the contention for yeah. me mentally. I, I I'm, I'm not going to argue for Norco, even though I love that, but, but yeah, that's just. To, to me, it's sort of like, yeah, it, to me, it's either Vampire Survivors or Tunic. Okay. See, I'm, and I'm trying. I, I could. You could sway me either way, depending on how we want to interpret that's, this. That, and you know what the funny thing is, Josh? I feel like you're the one who played the most of both. And I, and I both think they're really strong. They're just they're not doing the same thing. They're, they're not doing the same. No, but I, no, not I played all. a ton of Vampire yeah. Survivors. I played none of Tunic. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I played a lot more Vampire Survivors than I did Tunic. I play a lot more Tunic than Vampire Survivors. <laughs> that, that, that's, but again, jo- first base. Josh is really like the nexus point. I feel like of this. Oh, um, but also Tunic, it is all right. No, it, it, that's, right. That's as, far, as far as making it feel like a cohesive world, I think Tunic does a better job of that. But again, well, I mean, Vampire Survivors isn't Vampire supposed Survivors to. Vampire Survivors doesn't have a cohesive world. It's not supposed to, to pull be. you into. Yeah, it's not a cohesive world. It's separate yeah, levels. Yeah, you're playing levels. You're playing runs. And, and even now, it, that's not what it's trying to do. And even nowadays, so. you can change the music to whatever stage you want to. Like, yeah, like there's all sorts of options. But in terms of the design, like, and we've said it, it all feeds back into the gameplay loop, which I feel like is valuable. But yeah. I feel like Tunic actually probably does a lot of the same while providing atmosphere, which yeah, Vampire yeah. Survivors also does, but the atmosphere is 16-bit monster killing. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Cool. Well, tunic it is. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, actually, <laughs> I, I, I'm, actually I'm okay with that. You know what? That's sounds great. T- yeah. you, know what it, you know what it is? Both games got. They are very well made in the sound department. And to the. Eight people that listen to this, that they they know that both were well represented. True. true, 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 true. Yeah. Um, and, 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 yeah. And, and, and again. This is a tough, stiff competition on this category this year. Because again, there there were a lot of games that I think really were punching well above their weight. And sound design is it's just so broad. Yeah. It is so broad. And you know what? It was a good year for audio engineers and audio designers. Like Yeah. Well, we didn't even bring it up. A Plague Tale has excellent sound. I we sure did. Okay. And okay. we got like so 10 minutes. Good. So we should so move okay. on. Tunic one. Okay, let's move on. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I wanted to bring that up before we moved on because I, no, I that's fair. the sound design like like walking. I through almost a, brought it up through but a I didn't want to add another requiem. It's just so great. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna do favorite soundtrack before favorite game because I th- our favorite uh songs because I think that one's gonna go a little bit quicker. We will do a uh third place, a second place, and a first place. Um, the only overlap here I see is Tunic was first on Josh's list and second on mine. And Neon White was two on Rich's and three on Josh's. So those are the yeah. only similar- similarities there. I so. feel like both of those are definitely on there. <laughs> okay. Both are definitely I'm, on. Yeah. And I get all of my choices are technically old games. So I get if they're not chosen. I just think I, they're makes amazing sense. soundtracks. I feel like, and it feels weird to work backwards like this, but I feel like Tunic is the number one spot. Like, I feel like that's a game we all kind of feel strongly about in this department. Hey, Rich, I already put it there. Wait, what about, Son- <laughs> Perfect. No, what about Sonic Frontiers? I already put it there. Yeah. And I honestly, I put Neon White at number two. Cause I kind of feel like it deserves it, and I'm like, even has to think, like, what is, what is the third one in all of our heads? The, like, yeah, what? the third one is a tough one, because a I really wish I would have gotten around to uh, uh, Mario Rabbids because you, you, the song you played it so that good. was so good, and I'm like, I wish I had more context. It's Mario for Rabbids. What it's the rest Kirk. of that soundtrack. Give is. Give Kirk Hope his due. Mm. Give Kirk Hope his due. It's what you on mine. I need I, you to I, I, I give I it to him. find the soundtrack. This is Hold another on. downside to the bigger game soundtracks because they're harder to get a hold of than a lot of the indie ones are made by one person they're right. instantly on Bandcamp. Oh, you can listen to them right you away know what the funny thing is yeah. especially with like say the persona yeah. soundtracks they're available on spotify now like day one yeah yeah that, that's final fantasy day one on spotify now <sighs> yeah. Mm. yeah they they not day that one out. no that's that was, a lie that was that was not a a given for a long no, time. No, a long, they, they long seem time. To, they seem to get that now, but... <sighs> I haven't heard anything off the Mario and Rabbids OST. Me, me neither. Just I've heard it. a simple it, prologue, it's, a tasty little listen, and tell me it, everything it doesn't you deserve a spot want from Kirk maybe, maybe it's just like... Oh, yeah. I was gonna just play... Uh, if you got something, play it, yeah. I was... Uh, hold on just a second. Let me... Let me pop on a song. It'll just be 30 seconds of a song. Yeah. yeah. Um, Do that. 
Let's do the... Listen, it's going to sound like the best N64 song you ever heard. Because That'll it's Grand be Kirkhope. Let's do that. <laughs> okay. That's that's hard to argue with. I mean, it's straight four four, but they're going over the bars with the they're, main act, like the the main melody is it's going over the bars in order to give you a really different feel. Guys, I'm abandoning all my choices oh, for Grant Kirkhope. Like that is good. I'm, I, I like that. It's very similar, actually, to what Triangle Strategy is also doing. When Not I that. tell you, when I tell yeah, you, man, the yeah. the pedigree on this soundtrack, you got Grant Kirkhope, you got Gareth Coker. Like it, it's oh baby, you got fucking uh Yoko Shimomura working on this. There's there's just there's talent out the wazoo, and that soundtrack only gets fucking better. I you know like I would love Triangle Strategy to win, but I'm okay with giving it to uh Mario and Rabbits. Just they sound similar. I'm another okay award for an white Italian. <laughs> True. This is why True. this Triangle is why Columbus Day survives. Triangle uh, strategy is it is. Alright. Triangle strat, number three. Just kidding. Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> I think that's what we said. I think that's what we talked about the whole time. Yeah. Sonic Frontiers. Well, no, because it's high no, actually no tri- triangle strategy is at the same place. Rich, you and I both played Triangle Strat. We did. Only you played Mario and Rabbits. Correct. If you can, if you can somehow convince me that oh, I think I think the the Mario Rabbit's soundtrack is is way like I like Triangle Strategy soundtrack. Mario Rabbit blows it out of the water musically. The only thing I have to ask is Shay, to your knowledge, is the Triangle Strategy soundtrack done by the same people who did Octopath Traveler? Um, let me check. Yeah, because that's I absolutely love the soundtrack. I to Octopath. I because that's it's, it's a great soundtrack. Soundtrack, soundtrack is yeah. very much on my Spotify playlist. Yeah. Rich could attest well, to that. Just that. It's <laughs> frankly, I think even the recorded versions of it don't do it justice because that game has so much flexibility based on your party choices. Oh yeah, and, yeah. and whatnot. But I'm saying like the battle themes yeah. and stuff. Like the it has three yeah, battle yeah. themes, three well, boss yeah, themes. Yeah, yeah. Like the, they've got so many different variations that they'll hit in those battle themes, and they're all outstanding. You know what? In triangle strategy. You know, or, sorry, but in, in uh, Octopath Traveler. Yeah, yeah. If, they're, so, if they're doing half of that stuff in triangle strategy. So, so what? It's done by Akira Senju who uh, did not do Octopath Traveler, but he did compose for the Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood uh, anime. That's a good anime. That's a good anime Yeah, you're making some strong points. Yeah, you know what? Like, that has some Kirk Hope fucking credentials. I'm I'm comfortable with Triangle Strategy, so at the end of the day, it's what the rest of you feel. I could almost... I didn't play either, so I could almost flip a coin. That's my issue. That's my so issue. That, I've, I've only heard these out of context. Yeah. Sh- so Shay, Shay, give I, us your hot, I, give us your hottest take on Triangle Strategy that you could play over the, that you could play over here. Okay, uh, two of us, two of us for sure played that game. No, 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 no. Played play other. a song. <laughs> 
such a such a spicy. We don't, we don't take have that. we don't have time. We don't have okay. time. Unfortunately, oh, it's it's uh. getting. I I think because it's a group list. Unfortunately, to Rich's choice, I think triangle strategy yeah, makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Two people. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't think you're I, wrong. I agree. Triangle. I, I agree as yep. far as what we've actually triangle strategy it played. Is. Yeah, as a group. Yep. But I like if I'm gonna kick myself in the ass if I end up getting a Mario's and Rabbits. I'm like, damn, this soundtrack is better. So you but. you know what? You could write a retraction on Sword Trap and be like, I was wrong. We've done. We've done. First in of the all, past, never admit you're wrong, no matter we, what. We've done that's a very American view, like, Rich. He lives in Japan. If we could, if we could change something that we did in the past on a previous show, we've done that kind of category before. But I refuse. Anyways, anyways uh, favorite song. Uh, this is going to be the hardest one. There is absolutely zero overlap here whatsoever, other than um, actually nothing. There's not a single overlap here. Uh, I'm just going. I'm, I'm going to put it out here right now. The FF6 boss battle theme is an all-time banger in terms of video game <laughs> history, and uh-huh. that pixel remaster in terms of how it modernized the instruments—it's pretty also, much it add anything. funny. It wouldn't didn't it add fun? anything. I don't need added it quality of modern instruments. Like you hear that violin, yeah, that you, you hear it. It's so good. Wouldn't it be funny if we gave it to that? That's my argument in Rick's favor. Here's, yeah. here's what I'm, I'm going to say. I'm saying it deserves it. Two people had a track from TMNT Shredder's Revenge, which is yeah. a, kind of a travesty that it didn't make any of our list for the top favorite soundtracks. But I would absolutely love to give, uh, put one of those two songs up in the top three because I love both of those songs a lot. Um, so between Big Apple 3 p.m. and Panic in the Sky, which is Rich's number one choice. I'm actually good Was with there... Big Apple 3 p.m. I, I, yeah, I could see that on the group list making more sense because I do like the homage to the original exactly. track. The homepage. Yeah, the homepage? Yeah, yeah so, 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 so do we want to pick not the Big Apple 3 a.m. or not Van Halen? <laughs> I would so, never so, choose so which, which one of those are we choosing. So you don't like either of them, is what you're saying? No, I'm just saying that they're they're both very much like we were saying earlier. Not quite something else that we remember. Hmm. But I like that it tickles that part of my brain. So like the FS6 then again, boss Josh, battle theme. The two biggest dance parties we had during that whole segment were to those two songs. Were they? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see anybody dancing. It was dancing at, it was to, at uh, in Surge, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Yeah, Surge is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. No Tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good track. That is a really good track. Um. Yeah. You guys, you guys, like, I'm look, I'm looking at the list right now. Um. There are three tunic tracks on Josh's. Uh, Ray, you have your boss battle theme, Final Fantasy VI, I believe, Persona 5 Royal, Inevitable Struggle, Trails from Zero. I had the Pokemon Legends Arceus Jubilife Village, Big Apple 3 p.m. That's TMNT, a good one too. Sakura Fubuki from Chuck Yomi. And then Rich had No Tomorrow, Metal Hill Singer, Run Theme from Stray, Panic in the Sky, TMNT. This is probably the most disparate category. Here. Here's here's where I'm gonna be at with it. I like we always have some concessions to make, and um, 
it like it's this is kind of the nature of an award show sometimes you know that you're not going to be able to give an award to certain games elsewhere it's not going to show up again yeah um, likely and this is our way to still praise the game at the end of the day like we don't take these categories too seriously so in my mind i don't see tmnt shredders revenge i don't really think it, i don't think it makes another appearance this year personally i i, I think oh, you're it right should about it that. should be there for sure yeah. So I think one yeah. of these songs should oh, be. Oh, yeah. No, I'm three. not kidding. Even if it's the, the 3 p.m. or whatever I, I, yeah. it is. I think 3 p.m. it is. I think it should be that. Yeah, I, that I, I, I think I'm I th- going I, with I, that one. Same. I think as far as the ones we played today, that's the one that really. And again, it's because it tickles that same nostalgia. That pleasure center of sense. Yeah, 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 exactly. It scratches the it, itch. Yep. Okay. Um, I don't see. I don't see Stray. Uh, unless somebody can vaguely hint at or type in the chat, I, I don't... Yeah, maybe do it that way. Just type it in the chat. I don't see Stray popping up much more. No, fuck cats. Uh, uh, I wouldn't say that. They suck. They, they'll it, eat your corpse if you die in a load okay, of there's places. Okay. There's places it would probably come up again. For okay. Sounds cheaper than paying for a casket, man. That sounds like a oh, sounds like true. a pro for having a cat. I'm dead. What do I care? Yeah, that's yeah. that's the only. Do we want no, my family is dead. I hate my family. Do we want any tunic songs up there? Since it was our, uh, I feel oh. like we all have some strong feelings about tunic. Hey, I, I didn't feel even like play it. And I have that's a strong the, feeling about tunic. It should go. It should go up there. there. Like, I think that's the strongest soundtrack overall by far. I, but also, yeah. I see that coming up. An awful lot for its own but merits that, elsewhere. But that's not also not a reason to not no, give it no, no, no. Yeah, s- yeah. Same, same. I agree. Um, Tunic should have representation here. Okay, so I put Memory of Memories, which is uh, the number one song that Josh no, chose. That's, yeah, that's, I, I like that's that, that song. That's the one I was going to say. I yeah, think that, that Overworld here. one's really good. The Frankly, the three first zones in the game are outstanding. <laughs> the, the main Overworld map, the forest theme, and then the... Uh, yeah the the western uh temple theme right that, that, like They're that, that water cha- track are are mm. some of the just absolute standouts of the year in mm. that game but then in everything else i, I didn't just, play that game but i so, think so the soundtrack is fantastic yeah okay and may uh, give a suggest again i'm gonna press this for the third part the boss battle theme for ff6 <laughs> no and the, the, shay you actually gave the reason for this Mm. A fucking nine-year-old Japanese kid did the drums for it. It it harkens to the timelessness of that song. Mm. Like, do you have it's... a fucking nine-year-old for a game that was made in the mid-90s? Mm. You look back and they did this. And be honest, this game is not going to come up otherwise in other things. Like, it's not going to come up best font <laughs> because... Well, because we don't give that award anymore. Well, and also the font is terrible. Um, yeah. Just I'm saying in terms of celebrating this game for its historical right, like what these pixel remasters did right. One of the things that Square Enix really did right by it was the music. And by honoring that sort of thing, I really feel like it deserves a sort of representation. It was timeless beforehand and it was brought ahead by now contemporary musicians these are all valid points but i also like the song where the cat runs <laughs> i like uh, i i guess that, i don't right? even know if it's better than any of the 
old school Final Fantasy remixes that were in 14 with this latest I, expansion. Oh, no, and I love those 14 remixes. I just like the yeah. fact that you again, I think it's powerful. You have like a nine year old. Yeah. The, the the one the one thing I will say with this, if I'm transparent with you, Ray, I see your your point. That's a good point. I didn't feel passionate when I heard that song. I, I felt like, OK, cool. Fair enough. I get it. And yeah. that's like and I, I it's not I, a slam again, to you. Like, you didn't make the I music. Saying. I and, and I it's really not a slam to your choice. To the actual like it's neat conceptually, like Ray's saying, but I don't think it's actually a better song than the original SNES version. Hmm. Well it is um, as I far could, as the, what they're adding to it. Yeah, well it's I could, the same song. Well, I could but, see, I mean, like, even arrangement yeah. wise. Like it's hmm. I, that, I know my was, number one yeah. choice is pretty niche, so I know I'm not going to win with that, but I could see uh, No Tomorrow from Metal Hellsinger winning the one of the spots. There, I, because that's yeah. good. Uh, I mean, I can see that. I can see... Uh, um, uh, what's it called? Um, the the main theme. Concern. Well, not the main theme, but the menu theme. Fade to White from Neon White is also... Excellent. That's also mm, that, great. Yeah, that is a great theme as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I get to, uh, and like the run theme from Stray, I do like. Um, but it didn't move me as much as like No Tomorrow from Metal Health. I think and No Tomorrow I, is the, actually the best I, answer. Same is it if if we're picking between those two, I think the one from I, I, Metal Health yeah. is better. But but also, I I, I do think that the main theme from Neon White still I, I enjoy more. Um, no, and I've heard personally. Neon White's theme. It's a really good theme, but I think No Tomorrow is especially so singular. And not the Neon White's opening it is very singular. But No Tomorrow, yeah. it's like that game couldn't, the, you know, that song couldn't. It, it makes couldn't you be, forget that you're hearing Troy Baker try to do a southern accent. Well, <laughs> And I need to forget yes, that. Yes, yeah. so, you know that, that, that's a powerful that's a powerful argument yeah, in favor yeah. of. Hmm. <laughs> I I think I'm I'm comfortable with those three. I think so I am. What if we want Big Apple, three p.m., No Tomorrow, and then Memories of Memories as our top three? I feel better the other way around with the. No, no, no. Big Apple, three p.m. is number three. No, tomorrow's oh, number two. Right, uh, yeah, okay, all right. That's, that's, yeah, that's I thought, in, you, were going, in, I thought in, you were going the other way I around. I was confused okay. for a second, too, in that order. I no, like it's good. It. Yeah. Okay. That's Lock that, that in. Good. Cool. All right, well, let me read the results really quickly. Uh, we're going to breeze through this last little bit before we get out of here. Why, are you running late for something? Yes. Uh, our, group, <laughs> our group favorite voice acting performance, Odin from God of War Ragnarok, voiced by Richard Schiff. Uh, congratulations to old white men everywhere. Uh, favorite menu screen music I'm is sure. Triangle. Yeah, save it, save it. Favorite menu screen is Triangle Strategy. Favorite song from three to two to one. Number three, Big Apple, three p.m. TMNT, Shredder's Revenge. Number two, No Tomorrow from Metal Hellsinger, featuring Surge from uh, uh, System of a Down. And number one, Memories of Memories from Tunic. Favorite soundtrack. From three to two to one, number three, Triangle Strategy. Number two, Neon White. Number one, Tunic. Most accessible game of 2022, God of War Ragnarok. And favorite sound design, Tunic. 
there we have it. First day in the books. Um, feels good, guys. Feels good. So, feels uh, fine. <laughs> really quickly, uh, I want to say on the back end of the show, uh, next week we are coming in with a ton of more categories. It's probably our beefiest show of the year, so be prepared for that one. Uh, uh. Beef, beefy beef. Uh, if you like the show, please head over to swordchomp.com where you can access to more podcasts, our article section, our merchandise, our Patreon, or you can head over to patreon.com slash swordchomp uh, to check that out. Uh, I won't inundate you with too much of that information here, um, but if you want more content from us, head over to swordchomp.com. I want to say thank you to Ray for your being here for your first game of the year show. Thanks, buddy. It was a ton of fun. Um, I, I, it's great to share my opinions, even when I don't play a ton of new games every year. I mostly play old yeah, shit. You're, you're you're wrong, wrong opinions. It, exactly. <laughs> no, and I'm sure the internet would agree with you. Hey, we all we are wrong. Those are the time. best opinions. But uh, listen, thank you for being here, Ray. I want to be told on oh, Elon Musk Twitter that I'm wrong all the time, and that maybe I don't know. I'm a liberal cuck. I don't know what is acceptable now. Got a Fucking more soy boy. I, I just know yeah. they don't. Who, who who even knows the lingo these days? No, I just know they don't do COVID <laughs> misinformation anymore, so it's fine. Ah, sure they don't. No, it's actually official they, policy they now. They pretend it doesn't exist anymore. No, it's actually official but, policy. Uh, they don't correct it. Fucking beta cuck anyways thank you for being here ray rich and josh thank you for being here per your contractual obligations i love both of you thank you for being here uh maybe later rich and uh, i was your host shay uh we will be back next week for another exciting episode of the dagger tooth awards here at the chomp cast and rich take it away sorry go ahead one more time that's what we say